Hey, uh, welcome to Movie Butts. I'm Arnie Joan. This is Dane. Hello. How you doing, Dane? What's cracking in your neck of the woods? Yeah, not much. I'm uh, I'm enjoying uh, I'm enjoying the weather, and I'm in, I'm enjoying movies. Yeah. So uh, everyone on the other side of the hemisphere, we're coming out of the the summer season, and it's starting to rain, and you know we can wear our nice flumpy jackets and our nice jeans, and it's starting to starting to feel a little less oppressive you're you're a bit of a winter person aren't you yeah i absolutely love it and i fucking despise summer even though i live in like the one of the colder parts of the country uh do i it still hits like 32 degrees in summer and i'm like this is fucking bullshit i feel like that's like i don't like like unfucking fathomable to a bunch of people in like europe and stuff <laughs> like yeah no even even in even in winter here it can sometimes be hot that's the country we live in here mm. um so yeah this is a this is a movie podcast where we basically use a bunch of math to determine the best and worst of a certain topic you know those topics are things like i don't know michael bay or fucking i don't know uh james bond or fucking i don't know robert foster the actor you know him uh you know like things like that um uh so yeah then uh how we how we decide the best and the worst is we uh take a bunch of critical aggregates those are things like you know i don't know maybe rotten tomatoes imdb metacritic box office the budget we you know put it all in a spreadsheet average it all out and there's the best and the worst so um it's been a little while since we recorded this so i i apologize if i've been a a bit bit uh how you going with my uh verbiage and stuff but uh so uh what was our topic this week dane and uh what did we watch uh we did the best and the worst of the films by joss whedon not including justice league because that's only like half a film yeah so that's we, so that... we pretty much i think i think we pretty much oh no he's got three i think so we watched the avengers and we watched Serenity. Yeah, so he's got four films, and um, I cheated because the best was The Avengers. Clearly, it is like the uh, the movie that you can argue changed the uh, the the fucking tentpole industry. It's it changed how films are are perceived and how fucking anything gets funding or people work these days. Fucking, it's all fucking superhero shit, which you know. I, there's a place in my heart for it, but this is literally the tipping point for the next decade mm. when it came to box office movies. You look at the box office of movies these days and most of them are superhero films. That's just the world we live in now. But uh, the worst was actually uh, Age of Ultron, but I would have blew my fucking brains out if we had to watch two Avengers movies. I feel like that would have been a bit um, excessive. So we had to, we ended up watching. Yeah. So uh, I ended up making the, uh, had the Sophie's choice and decided that we were going to fuck the math. And uh, we watched Serenity instead, his theatrical follow-up to his, I guess, cult series, which you call it a cult series. It's not a hit series. It got canceled. Yeah. I'd, Um, I'd, I'd say it has a cult following. Yeah. The cult series Firefly. Um Yes, and uh, the hard thing was that there was a little outlier called Much Much Ado About Nothing, but it actually had a very limited amount of, like, critical response and audience response and no box office information that it was almost impossible to really count. Mm. 
because it's hard, like there's not enough information to get like a proper statistic out of it. And all of them were higher anyway, but it's really, it's really hard to calculate that when it comes to the, uh, the, the law of averages and such. So, uh, yeah, we kind of got stuck with Serenity as the worst and the Avengers as the best. Uh, do you want to give a bit of a pot description for these two films? Yeah, so the Avengers is, it's pretty much just Captain America, Iron Man, Hulk, and Hawkeye, and Black Widow. Anyway. What about oh, Thor? And Thor, yeah, because he's a, very central to it, because it's his brother, Loki, who, uh, like, enlists the help of some aliens, or has a deal going with some aliens, uh, to take over Earth. Cause he wants to, he wants to rule earth. Uh, cause he got kicked out of his planet where he wanted to be King. And his dad was like, oh, I'm gonna, you get out of here. You ruined everything. You suck. And so Loki comes down to earth and he's like, fine, I'll rule this planet. And he gets the help of these aliens to like help him take it over. Cause he wants to be King of something. Um, and then the then Sam Jackson has to get round up all the the superheroes he knows of and has tracked with his government abilities, and enlist their help. It's called the Avengers Initiative. So Iron Man and all those cats get together to 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 save the day. And Serenity, fuck, is is about like a um, set in the future and it's like a space thing so there's these like this crew of people who are like robbers or just like they do odd jobs space cowboys yeah space cowboys like this guy is kind of basically han solo not quite that simple but you can think of it that way to get started and he runs a crew and they yeah they're like space cowboys uh Anyway, so they have some mystery girl aboard their ship because her brother needs to seek passage somewhere, uh, needs to hide out and protect her. And he's a doctor, so he has something to offer them to be a doctor on board. So therefore, they have to hold on to this girl. But then there's a whole bunch of shit that happens. There's like government alliance and then there's like these ultra cannibal bad guys and then there's some slick bad guy that works for the alliance that's tracking him down like looking for this girl because there's this she's like a super weapon that the government made or some shit and then a big part of the film is them unraveling the mystery of who she is um yeah how's that that's pretty good um how many times have you seen avengers uh, this is the second time I've seen Avengers. Really? Yeah, I watched it once at the movies, uh, like when it came out, loved it, never watched it again. Interesting. Yeah. How did you, uh, how did you, oh, well, I guess before I ask, I, I need to give you, give context. I've seen this probably over 15 times. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm of that generation. Like this came out in my graduating year of high school. And it was the bee's fucking knees. You know, I was going to the movies with my friends to see 
the preceding movies and we were slowly getting all the little hints in the post credit scenes and like it was it was a very big deal for me at the time. Yeah, this is one um, of those things. The MCU is one of the the few things um, in our friendship that highlights the the age gap. Because there's yeah. very few things that do. The MCU is one of them because we're about five years apart and I stopped caring about the MCU about five years ago. Like right. I went and saw Iron Man and like saw the Avengers, loved all that shit. And then at about, uh, I'd say like 25 or 26, I'm 31 now, by the way. Um I started being like, hmm, I think this sucks. And I gradually fell off to the point that I now, well, I, then I, then I started to think, uh, then I started to really hate it. And now I'm just, it's none of my business. Yeah. It's, it's like the WandaVision and all that. I'm just like, that's got nothing to do with me. That's, that's over there. has nothing yeah has nothing to do with me i don't i don't feel any particular way about it at all anymore i guess i i really like the sense of scope to the whole thing and the intricacy of certain things Mm. like they are at the end of the day action movies and some of them are better than others but with the mcu it's very rare to find one that's like objectively crap like at worst they're mediocre and for that mediocrity, you're still getting your sugar rush of, you know, flashing lights and aliens and, <laughs> you know, fight scenes and fan service. So, like, I think even I'm, the mediocre stuff, I don't, like, I, I can't hate. I think, yeah, the one, the the best example, and I haven't seen all of them, but, like, the best example of that that I know of would be um, Doctor Strange. Uh, right. I saw that one and um, I was like, this is like nothing. But there was nothing in that that was like particularly bad. Like, yeah, like none of them um, have any of the qualities of um, some of the worst that the DC movies have to offer where they never they never dip into 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 just straight up bad filmmaking. They no, they, they, they never they never do. They, they always, never dip into that. Yeah, they always maintain a level of competency even when they're not doing anything special. So the worst they have to offer is just like a middle of the road, it's safe experience. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, it, I think it comes down to quality control. Like you can tell that they have a vision. And if you are the kind of person that pays attention, mm. for the most part, you are rewarded for that. Like yeah, at some point in another watch, movie. Yeah, if you go and watch all of them, then 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 they they're probably sick. But they started releasing these things like two of them a year and then Yeah, would, it got to would, three a year. I would miss a, a couple in a row and then I would go and watch one of them and suddenly I'm like, What who is that? I don't know. Like I couldn't watch so I started to miss like a, a lot of them just seeing like one every two years. Yeah. And then I went and obviously watched the big Avengers one, the the third one, uh, Infinity yeah. War. And I, I was under the impression that that was going to be the last one. It was all leading up to that. Um, 
So I went and watched Infinity War. I'm like, well, I may as well see it out. I didn't know who half these cunts were. I was like, who the fuck is that? What is going on? What are you talking about? Um, man, I, sh I guess I was supposed to watch every single one of them. Uh, but yeah, no thanks. And then, yeah, that's, that's, if there's anything I'm going to respect them for, it's that, that it's like, uh, they don't, they really have a vision. Seem, they don't really seem to give a shit. If you, if you, if you haven't seen every single one of the movies and, uh, that's, yeah, you're that's either in the boat or you're out of the boat. So yeah, of thing. that's, that's usually reserved for the, like the most hardcore niche indie shit. Uh, so to see like the most mainstream movies of all time doing that, that I never thought I'd see it, but, uh, so I got to give it to them there, I suppose. If, uh, if you're out of the loop with the Marvel movies, the only real one I like, I have to stress that it's worth watching is, uh, guardians of the galaxy two. That's, um, a really, really well-made film. And I think a bit of a hidden gem amongst the, uh, the MCU movies, because it's like a bit of a smuggler in that sense. Like there's, uh, James Gunn is making a big action movie, but, there's a bit more to it than the other ones. If you if if you really want to, if if you care enough or give enough, like if if you let yourself go and be taken on an emotional journey, that I think that's probably the best one. Is that for um, people you, who uh, have you seen, seen Guardians two? Uh, yeah, I turned it off. No thanks. Two and a half hours. No thanks. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I watch, that you're watch, a strange bug. To watch Batista make the same joke over and over again. No. You don't but like loved... autism jokes? Not really. I liked okay. the uh, I liked the first one a lot. In fact, I thought, um, I mean, like it's actually similar to the Avengers, uh, which we are about to get into. I promise. But uh, like Guardians of the Galaxy, I was so impressed by it because I was like, he did it. He made the the perfect mainstream movie because I, I that was the one film i saw where i was like who doesn't love this movie like who doesn't come out of guardians Arseholes. of the galaxy going that was sick a baby i have a friend who hates person everyone likes has to like i have a i have a friend i'm gonna name dropper hello jasmine even though you don't listen to this who hates sci-fi and or she likes sci-fi a bit but she hates superhero movies and i showed her guardians and she fucking loved it so like that that that's kind of the like it's still that it's so like accessible to everyone. It, yeah. it is pretty special. But to, uh, like, like if, if you everyone. could do me a favor, watch yeah. Guardians one and then eventually watch two, and ignore this MCU universe, ignore all that shit because th those two films are particularly standalone anyway, because they're set in fucking another galaxy or something. Um, I think you, I think you might be pleasantly surprised if you think of it as only that and not as a bigger, as yeah. a piece of a bigger puzzle, here's because my, I think that's where it could get bogged down. Here's my problem. And this goes into my main compliment for the Avengers. Um, I can't stand when, uh, so for me, a, a movie, at least an action adventure film, right. Has to follow, um, a certain a certain beat, like a certain timing. The plot is like the, there's, it's got a particular pacing 
And it doesn't have yeah. to be the same pacing for every film, but it has to be the pacing that has been set by the film at the beginning. So the film is ticking along at a particular tempo and then we'll just stop for a joke. And I'm like, okay, yeah, you can cut, cut that out, please. You don't have to end every scene with a, with a fucking little quippy line. You don't have to, you don't have to halt the story so that you can have an improv exchange between a wrestler and a model. I'm, I'm good with that. You don't need it. No one needs it. Can we please continue? It is, it's as painful to me as listening to a song that's out of time. It, sure. it, it drives me fucking mad, which is half the reason I can't stand the later half of these movies because they all do it. And I went into the Avengers dreading that because I had over time, I'd like my memory had been, had been changed into thinking that that's what the Avengers was because I could see that they're all trying to be like the Avengers, take that Joss Whedon quippiness and they're all doing it. And it would drive me nuts. And I was like, stop doing this, please. And so when I sat down and watched the Avengers, I'm like, oh great, this is going to be the worst one because this actually is Joss Whedon. But to my surprise, he doesn't do that. He like, it's filled with jokes but the, he doesn't sacrifice pacing at all to fit a joke in there. If, it, nah. if, if there's a joke in there, it's a little quip that's slipped in there as the film continues on. It doesn't come to a stop so that we can have a, you know, uh, like a four minute Falcon and Winter Soldier little improv banter. Like the film yeah. continues along... And it, and it never sacrifices the pacing and it never sacrifices characters for the jokes. I was sure. so fucking relieved with that. Do you have any idea how, how, how pleasant my viewing experience of the Avengers was? That's, I, I don't actually, because I think, I think my experience of the, the Avengers this time around was the opposite of most times I've watched it. I haven't sit, sat down and watched The Avengers in a long time simply because there's all these other ones. And I, and I think it's kind of like, I, I guess it's like com, can be compared to like a chronic masturbator in the sense <laughs> that it's like, like, I've, like I've, I've watched so many of them now and I've seen and I've gone to like some really weird places on the internet, like Avengers Endgame or Infinity War and all these other ones that when I go back and I watch The Avengers, I feel kind of numb. Right. Like, I'm not really swept away with it now just simply because I've seen how far this can go. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I don't know. I was just not, like, like my, my opinion of the movie hasn't changed, but it's not, I'm not filled with wonder or love as much for this film anymore. Like, I'm at a point now where I'd, I'd rather watch Age of Ultron than The Avengers. Right. Which is bizarre, which is yeah. so fucking bizarre. That's and really weird. Yeah, and, and and I think it is because I've like I have fatigue because I've like it's something that I have like there are movies that I can watch every year and there are movies that I do watch every year. Uh, a good example, Taxi Driver. I watch that every year and it doesn't get worse; it gets better every time I fucking watch it. The Great Escape. I watch every year and I have a great time watching it. Hmm. This is something that I think I abused, 
and <laughs> now my serotonin, like I, I cannot get the dopamine hit from this film anymore. Yeah. Just because of how many times I watched it. And now I'm yeah. just noticing things that I don't like about it. Like, I think this is an ugly film. Hmm. I do not like the look of the film. Right. And I think, and, and I think that's ruined by that the, the main, the main figureheads behind the MCU now are the Russo brothers who, uh, who directed, um, uh, the winter soldier, Mm. Uh, like Captain America, the Winter Soldier, and they have such a great understanding of like visuals that yeah. this movie looks so fucking bland. It's very, yeah, it's very it's very simple. I mean, um, one thing about Joss Whedon that I noted is um, he he's a very simple filmmaker. Um, but I, but he's a very effective one. So he, he doesn't have a lot of flair. I think the only time you could say that he has any flair is in his dialogue. Sure. Um, there's a lot of, um, I guess just sarcasm basically. <laughs> I don't know. It just, it, everything's it, just so high key. Like all of it. Like there's, there's only a couple of bits where it's like. I mean the grading? Yeah, or not, not, I don't want to say grading, lighting. Everything's just too high key for most of it. And it feels like he's just, it's all fill light. And then yep. the color grading's high contra, like high saturation. And it just looks like a lollipop. And yeah, I, mean, I don't know. In the, in the later, in the later films, yeah, like you said, uh, there's, there's, there's some, there's some very stylish stuff going on. Joss Whedon doesn't really have any, um, style when it comes to his, um, his composition sure um however what i really do appreciate is um his his camera movement and his shot i don't selection. like his camera movement at all i like he has so movement. much unmotivated camera movement no it's the very camera's always no fuck no there are scenes where the camera is just like on a slider or on a dolly track and it's like this simple shot of like thor sitting at a fucking table and the camera's moving and i'm like why is the camera moving it doesn't because make any it's... sense. There's no drama here. Well, there is drama, but there's no there's no camera motivating drama in this scene. Why the fuck is the camera going everywhere? And I, I don't know. It was just driving me up the fucking wall. Really? Yeah. That's wild. Like I I I, I don't I just none of it. Like none. No, like, completely. All, like, there disagree. are some bits of camera movement, but fucking hell, like most of it just felt like no. Because they hired I, I watched. Their, um... I watched, they hired um, their fucking in-house cinematographer and they're like, this is the, like, it's like a, like a TV show, right? And they're like, okay, so this is the visual style that we're going to have to do. Okay, so we'll hire the in-house cinematographer to make sure that it fits within the, the mood board of the rest of the series. And there's just no character in it. Yeah, I mean, like, I, and even and even to the point where like the CGI now, like, and, 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 and couple that with the CGI being dated. Like, I don't like the CGI in this film. It just and and then you have the high key lighting on the CGI that just like like shows how fucking out of date it is. I don't know. It just it's just it's worn out. Yeah, I mean movies like this don't age well at all. Go back to uh, Endgame in like five years and it'll look like shit. Um, mm. When you have like these these films with just a big CGI mess, uh, it, it doesn't age well. I mean, I like. Like on the surface, and and on its own, uh, I like I don't technically enjoy the cinematography, um, but I've found it refreshing 
because I find that in the, the later films, like I watched um, the third Thor movie, which I fucking hated, yeah. by the way. Uh, you're, in, you're very much in the minority there. Yeah, I know. Because apparently no one noticed that like scenes like of dialogue where two characters are talking, they just don't care where the camera is. The camera is just like stuck on these characters and they're just doing improv. I think they're doing improv. And so there's just like one part where Thor is interacting with Bruce Banner and they're just in a, in a one shot together, like just in the, in the same frame. Like no cutting back and forth between the two characters. It's like I'm I'm just it's like I'm looking at it filmed on someone's phone and I'm like, what am what are you what are you doing? This is so this is so boring. Does anyone care? I mean at least he fucking gives a shit about like, okay, well if you have a character who's just sitting in a chair, uh and and the and the scene is meant to have uh like some some dramatic gravitas to it. What's something you can do to imply that? Oh, well, let's just move the camera. It's simple, but I but I find it effective. And there's nothing... I, I can't nothing stand anything more film. than unmotivated camera movement. Then don't... But you can't just let it sit still if it's just some yeah, you fucking... Can. If it's just some cunt sitting... It's an action-adventure movie. You can't just have shit sitting still and be like, this is interesting. I don't give a fucking shit how Thor really feels. I don't want to listen to their fucking inane banter. Move the camera. Move something. Let's let's move this shit on. Do you know what I mean? I fucking was No, going, I don't. I disagree I with you entirely. I was losing my mind in Thor Ragnarok. Being like, you are not funny. This is not funny. You are not interesting. What am I doing? Wasting my... Why do people like this? It's so boring. At least he's like... I feel like Joss Whedon knows this stuff sucks. And he's just like, well, let's just, you know, everyone's got ADD. And we just want them to be... Have a basic motivation... And have everyone be basically invested in who they are so that we can get through this. And I, I appreciated that. So I just sat there like, all right, I'm following along. I get this. The That's cinematography cool. in Age of Ultron is miles better. And it's the same director. So I don't know. And it's not. And, and I just looked it up. It's not the same DOP. So uh, yeah, it's probably got something to do with it. I know that... Um, Whedon, I think he also had less of a creative input in Age of Ultron because he's complained no, about I, to do that. I, um, I've heard conflicting things. I've heard that he put his heart and soul into it. And the reason he kind of quit after that was because it like it was incredibly exhausting. Are we going to address the red herring in the room? Are we going to address the elephant in the room? Why the fuck did you pick Whedon? Uh, oh, he was on my mind because he got cancelled recently i just love that your your thought your your thought process is oh yeah there's someone who's cancelled for being like a fucking predator and a fucking cunt and we'll just yeah. we'll just review his shit like yeah well it was just breaking a, the wheel there it was just at the forefront of my mind but i actually really am glad that i picked him because i think he's um he's a very interesting filmmaker like not he's interesting in his mundaneness you know because yeah. he's he's got he's got more character and he's got a big like cult following you know 
and and is sort of revered by those guys as some kind of creative genius. For me, I see Whedon as nothing more than like uh, Spielberg with a bit of extra flavor. Hmm. Uh, Maybe not even that because um, like watching the Avengers and watching Serenity, I was, I I was just seeing a lot of Spielberg. Like I I felt like I was watching like, you know, in Indiana Jones or a Jurassic Park movie, it had all those, those same elements, like characters that aren't two dimensional, but you know, they're just three dimensional enough that you give a shit about them, but they're not, they're not interesting characters and you don't leave the film like thinking about it still, you know what I mean? Like they're not those type of movies. They're just like blockbuster action adventure films and I haven't, sure. so, it's been a while since I watched these TV shows, but I even feel like his TV shows are the same. Like, See, the thing is, like, I thought for years, I was under the impression that he was mainly a writer and mm-hmm. not a director. But then I looked into it. He's actually directed more episodes of Buffy than he wrote. So I think, I think like, for me, like, I was thinking about it, like, a, a better um, comparison would be, like, not even Spielberg, like, J.J. Abrams. In the yeah, sense but I think that, he's, like, they're he's not, better than J.J. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. But like, let me let me finish what I was saying. Like, he's not like a writer, or like he 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 is a director to a certain extent, but he's probably better off in like a pre-production showrunner role, where like he has concepts and he can like he can like guide things along, but he needs like better people to to actually execute it. So that that's what like his TV shows. Like, yeah, I thought that he wrote like most of it, but mm. no, he just comes up with the concept. And he should get other people to do the other work and just kind of be like a like an invisible hand in that sense. I think that's probably where he would be better suited. Not that he will be anymore because, you know, he no, should he's, be he's, fucking... He's he should gone be now. gone because he's a bit, of a bit of a hypocritical... Like, he's a bit of... Hip, like, he's a hypocritical cunt and... There's no, there's no better way of, there's no way of putting it other than that. Like if, if you I... live, you go. No, 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 no. You say. Oh well, I was gonna say like I think that you're right about. Um, I think like ideally, yeah, he should pass either pass along the directing duties to someone else. Not even that. Like I would say like. Hire uh, a better DOP who's going to get a bit more creative, you know, other than just like the very stock standard stuff he has going on. Um, but I would much rather watch his, 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 his textbook style than, than someone like JJ Abrams, who I find is like all, a bit all over the place, like somehow simultaneously bland and over mm-hmm. the top with his his style. I mean, like I know the lens flare shit has been um, made fun of to death, but he also has other disgusting traits in his films, like the the digital zooms. Um, trying. I to prefer make- see, but like the thing is, like with JJ, I'm in a very similar opinion to Joss Whedon, where like I think his work is better in television, and most of the time he's an executive producer or creator, and mm. then like helps germinate or like pollinate this concept and then fucks off like i know i know like it's a it's a meme or something to like the show lost but he had nothing to do with lost he directed the pilot 
he helped them get the money and then he had nothing to do with the creative of that. And like yeah. that's a better he's better suited for that sort of stuff than you know fucking raping Star Wars. Like <laughs> Well, you, you know, know what? actually, I was thinking, uh, and this was. I apologize to anyone. I shouldn't have made a rape joke, especially when we're talking. Oh <laughs> talking no, no, no. Joss Whedon didn't rape anyone. He was just uh, like abusive and abusive with power on set. Like that's yes. the main thing. He was, he was, he was a rapist with his words. Another he's... reason why he shouldn't be on set, like yeah. he shouldn't direct if he's going to be <laughs> like psychologically abusive to his cast. Like, nah, <laughs> fuck off. Um. I mean, yeah, all those things in in a in a universal I- ideal. Uh, I agree with you. Um, I'm just just speaking from things that I felt um, were very close to reality. So I mean, in terms of uh, guys who um, just seem to be ripping off Spielberg, and by that type of dude, I mean um, Whedon is someone who I think would be the ideal film school student. Do you know what I mean? Like everything he sure. does is um, technically perfect. It's just, it, it can just be Except very- Except for his cinematography. I would still say technically perfect, just boring. I, like sure. in, I mean, in film school, he would pass every class. A big, okay, so big green like tick. not perfect. I think perfect is a bit of a stretch there. Like a passing grade. Um, yeah, but I mean, the thing is like, if you, like, you know, this from experience when, when like he's a, he's, he's, he's together. a B plus player, but I mean, like it pleases everyone. So if sure. you put, if you put in, um, uh, like at film school, we learned that, uh, if you, uh, inject some flair into something, well, then you'll have half the crowd who's very excited by the, this interesting thing that you've done. But then you'll get the other half of the crowd who's like, oh, no, too much of this. But if you were to shoot a film like how Joss shot both of these movies in terms of cinematography, um, every single teacher in the room would just say, yeah, good job. You know what I mean? A B plus player, not not like standout or not like... Because I think anything that's worth its salt is polarizing to a Mm. certain degree. That's just my opinion. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. But like he, it's like, it's like, unless you're like a vegan or something, it's, he's like McDonald's. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Do you know what I mean? Like fast food in the sense that like, it's like for what it is, you cannot get any better, but it's not going to win awards, even though fucking... Yeah, I guess but Avengers no did one's win gonna com- or something. No one's gonna complain, and pretty much everyone's gonna say it's good. It's like, all right, and, yeah. it, and it and it does the job. Um, it definitely does the job, and that's 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 kind of all it is. Um, but in yep. terms of guys who uh, are coming from like the generation after, like Spielberg, where you have like someone like Abrams or someone like Whedon. I much prefer Joss Whedon uh, simply because of his his understanding of the the pacing of storytelling, uh, yeah. and he's not he's never like overly ambitious. Whereas like Whedon has one trick, and then he's got a few a few other lame ones, um, but then he he always like gets too involved in his um he's like trying to be dark and, and ominous in his storytelling. We saw it in um, that 
second terrible Star Wars movie he made. And we saw it in the second terrible Star Trek movie he made, where he's like, and now we're going to get dark and we're going to get ominous and shit's getting real. And it just becomes terrible. Um, Whedon, I don't think takes his work so seriously. And he, in the, in the, like I said before, like when I was watching both these films, it felt like I was watching it like a, a Spielberg film, like, like a proper organic ripoff of Spielberg, where it just has that like really on point action adventure pacing. Everything the characters are saying, like is, is pushing the plot along and it's entertaining and it's brief. And then if there's a joke slipped in there that doesn't add anything to the plot, then it adds a little bit, bit of flavor to the characters, but then it also doesn't overstay its welcome. He just has sure. one or two little quick lines and then we're off. He doesn't sit there for a minute having banter. And I think like that is exactly the type of person that you need uh, to, 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 to make shit like this, like these like Marvel movies or the, um, Star Wars. Like I was thinking how cool would it have been if he was given Star Wars instead of Abrams? I think it would have been, I think it would have been far more competent. I thought that while watching the Avengers and I doubled down on it when I watched Serenity, I was honestly, like, should have seen a Whedon Star Wars. Honestly, if Serenity was a pitch for star wars yes but i wouldn't like you know like like how abrams made star trek only to make star wars like that's how that ended up happening but like if whedon like presented say i own star wars and he presented me the avengers and said okay i can make star wars i would disagree mm-hmm. um but if he presented me serenity as a pitch for star wars of course because the, I don't. I don't I, I'm. I, I find the Avengers is missing its heart. Like the only, the only thing of real pathos in there is like the fucking Coulson death, and the Coulson storyline in there. Like I don't know. I just. I. I just. I'm failing to care. You know. Like the characters are pretty cool, and I think the casting's pretty good, and the dialogues. You know, weed and dialogue. But I don't know. Like I. I. I it's like for me that film now is lacking a lot of heart. Yeah, see, I and think this is where we, we, we differ on the MCU because that's when I liked it, when it was movies like this, that it's like, it's fun and you take it, like, in classic Whedon style, he takes it, he takes these characters seriously enough for you to care about them, but yeah. that if you see one of them die, it's like, cool, <laughs> like, like, whatever, like, mad, sort of death, um... When I, when I fell off the MCU train was when they started to, I felt like they started to take themselves too seriously. And I uh, was like, I was like, whoa, 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 I don't actually give a shit. Like, can we just keep going with the like fun, like stuff? You know what I mean? Like I, I, I actually much prefer this and it's part of the reason I enjoyed um, the Avengers so much is because I didn't, it, 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 it wasn't trying to really pull at my heartstrings that much. It didn't seem to really care that much about itself either. It was just like kind, kind of self-aware in that uh, fairly unique Whedon way. I mean, he's he's got a very specific way of doing it where it's like, it's like a LARP 
but everyone takes it seriously. But then there's like a little subtle wink in there that it's like, but it's, you know, it's just a movie. Eventually they turned into, this is real life. (laughs) The universe is at stake. And I'm like, no, it's not. I don't care. I I did for a while, particularly in phase two, have an issue with the Marvel movies, like the, the, you know, the exponential growth in threat to keep things interesting. Like, I remember that it was like every single, like, issue that these characters had would be like end of the world scenario sort of stuff. And I'm kind of like, look, you should kind of save that for, you know, the bigger films or like every now and then have that. Like, it makes sense for the Avengers because like the threat isn't like, to quote the MCU, an Avengers level threat. Yeah, but then every single movie became like, and this is going yeah to well they, they the actually world. fixed that they fixed that with phase three mm. like it actually became a little like the, the the only real big instance of it being a quote-unquote avengers level threat is when we get to infinity war mm-hmm. before that most of them are a bit except for dr strange that's actually a good example of it not being the case because there's a fucking world eating demon king in another dimension about to eat the world Mm. outside of that they're actually a bit more small scale so they kind of like do flip it a little bit later on um like the 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 fucking first uh spider-man movie the bad guy is like michael keaton playing vulture who's just like a a bank robber Mm. and it's just spider-man fighting a bank robber you know, like they, they, they do dial it back a little bit. And I think that that, that made it a bit more f- refreshing in, in a sense. But no, in that middle section where they were kind of like getting their teeth into it, yeah, it does become a bit bit hard to care when every single time there's a movie, it's like the end of the world. And for some reason, it's not all the Avengers, it's just Thor. Like, <laughs> you know, like what, what, what reason do you have for it just to be so small scale? Um, I like, yeah, he... he, he you, you can tell that he cares about these characters enough, but it is kind of going through the motions, in my opinion. Like, it's not the level of care that he has for the characters in, say, Serenity. Mm. Um, do we want to follow my segue? Because <laughs> I'm kind of sick of talking about the Avengers. Yeah. yeah, so Serenity, first of all, I want to know, I'm pretty sure I know the answer. You have seen Firefly and you're a fan, of course. Right? Yes, yeah. so I'm Me I'm too. in I'm in a weird situation. I saw Serenity first, um, okay. but like like not too long after it came out, and then I got into the show, mm. and then figured out, and then remembered that the movie existed, and then watched it again and loved it. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. See, my experience with it was um, uh, when I was uh, I think like. 18 or something this is so it's a while ago um i was quite sick and wanted something to watch that i hadn't seen before and um my dad's girlfriend at the time was like big into joss whedon and she was like oh you should watch firefly i've got the dvd and i was like no joss whedon i didn't mind buffy and angel but i was like i was like man that shit just like drags and gets too serious and i I feel like you get like one or two good seasons out of those things and then they just get like i don't know dull to me you can Um, be wrong but that's fine she was like no this is like it's only short i was like oh sweet uh so i watched it's like seven episodes or something 
10, I think. Yeah. 10 or 12. Yeah, so I watched all of Firefly that there was, and I was like, yeah, this fucking rocks. And then, uh, and then she also had Serenity, and then I put that on, and I felt like it wrapped it up real nice, and I was like, he should just make shit like this. Like, fuck having seven seasons. Make 12 mm, episodes I disagree. And make a movie. I disagree. Do you think that Serenity, Serenity makes so me Serenity makes they... me Serenity makes me so fucking depressed. Because it is very clearly a condensed version of, say, five seasons of a show. And they even condense the first season into it. Like some of the, the way some of the characters interact, it's like the first season of the show didn't exist. Hmm. And there's so you can you can kind of see what plot points would have happened at certain points in the show. Yeah. And it's just depressing because I, I think it would have been better to get to know these characters a bit more and he would have had the ability to extrapolate on these things that we're only getting glimpses of because yeah. all he has is two hours. It definitely so, I don't know, like been... I, it makes me de- it makes me super fucking depressed this film. Because I love it and because it's like I don't know if you remember, but in the T V show, you know, you don't know that she has that she's been fucking super trained by the evil government you don't know that no, you don't know it's, you don't know it's revealed in the her. movie it's revealed yeah. in the movie that she's like fucking a kung fu master and in the first season you never see the reavers you only mm. like the first time you see the reavers is in that bank robbery scene at the beginning of the movie like mm. and you can and, and it's just like that you can tell that he was like you know what i'm gonna take my time to do all this stuff and build to this big epic like the 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 character development in this is like super rushed. Like Mal yeah. at the beginning of the movie and Mal at the end deserves a few seasons of a television show. I think yeah. that's that that deserves it. And you can see that that's uh, like he had a plan. Like he yeah. knew where he was going to go with it and how it was going to end and everything. And so he's had to yeah shove it all into this movie. Um, so I think that yeah that holds it back a little bit just because you can tell that that's what he was um what he was doing but i think for the task he was given he fucking pulled it off as good as anyone possibly could oh no 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 like it's 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 amazing it's amazing and i love this film and there's so much about it that i love like you can tell like you know when i said like you can tell he cares about the characters on a surface level with the avengers no he loves these characters with yeah. serenity he really fucking loves them and treats them with a lot of respect and even if it's two hours like you you get you get so much out of almost all of them and yeah. it's really impressive like it's a really impressive feat that he did it but it's just so sad that yeah but then also like, that um it's also for people who haven't seen Firefly as well. Oh, of course. That, that's the thing. Like, the, the main issue I have, like, the, the, the big issue I have with it is it does kind of ignore, like, it's like it ignores the first season in a sense. Like, the Doctor and Mal at the beginning of the movie hate each other. But mm. at the end of the show, they had a relationship, like they were friends. So mm. they kind of like they had to take liberty, and and and, and like I guess it, you know, it makes sense if you want to introduce a new audience to it that they needed to take that step back. But mm. from the perspective of a fan of the TV show, it's a bit disappointing just to see yeah. that that they had to really kind of reset some of the characters. Yeah, like 
Mal at the beginning of the show, at the beginning of the movie, is not the same Mal at the end of the first season. Even though it's like only a bit of a step on his journey, some of the decisions he makes are still a bit too callous mm. for the character that, that we see in the show. And I, I get it. Like, he had two hours to do it. And, you know, uh, eventually, like, like I think 20 minutes in, you kind of start to forget about it and it's fine. But mm. that's my only real issue with the film. Other than that, the fucking humor is great. Like, there are so many times where I was watching it and you're thinking something and then the characters say it because he knows that that's what the audience would be thinking. Mm. Like, the, the, there's the bit at the end where, like, Mr. Universe is like, oh, there's a secret terminal. Um you know, it's hard to get to. And then, like, he Mal walks in and it's, like, fucking spinning things and fucking you got to swing across a chain to get there and it's fucked. And all I'm thinking is, oh, that's hard to get to. And then Mal goes, hard to get to. Like, he literally says that as yeah. you're thinking it. And yeah. that's pretty clever writing, you know? Like, to have characters that, are, that aren't breaking the fourth wall but they're not idiots. Like th- th- there's a beautiful balance there that he that he gets with his characters, that he really shows with this film. Yeah, um, I just I I, I want to talk about the villain because that's the thing that's I love the villain so much. The villain is amazing. This is such a fucking good villain. <laughs> yeah, like, like you, you you cannot get any better than that. Like you understand why he's doing it, and yeah. he like. And he's also an inte- like he's not he's not uh I guess I guess in the in the writing sense like he's more of a nemesis than he is the the antagonist, but like the the antagonist is the the government pretty yeah. much right. Um, but yeah, no, he you you really do tell that he is the protagonist of his story, and that he believes in what he's doing, and is yeah, just which- not an agent of chaos, which I think is super fucking impressive because most of the time yeah, all the best villains, villains aren't are like that. that yeah i mean yeah. like uh and yeah he's not he doesn't show up and he's like i'm evil and i'm gonna rule the world like he's complete opposite of your stereotypical villain in that he he's he's almost likable like he's a very soft-spoken like well-spoken guy um quite quite charming and he has like like a real philosophy like he thinks about the morals of his actions and they weigh quite heavily on him and he's like and he's very very diligent in his process and like he even says it himself that he's like he's he's aiming to make a better world like he sees himself as an agent of peace but He's a relic like they are. He's as much of a relic as they are, you know? But he has to do horrible things to get there. And he sees himself as like he's sacrificing his humanity for the greater good. And like when Mal says to him, oh, so you're going to do all these horrible things just so you can live in this better world? And he's like, I'm not going to live in the better world. I don't belong there. I'm a monster. So he's like, in his head, he's like sacrificing his humanity and himself so that people can live in harmony and there's no place for a man like him who does these horrible things. That's an altruistic an, bad guy. Like, yeah, that's such an that's interesting so crazy. take. Yeah. 
and, and uh, his played and really his, like, well by um, is, what's his name? Chu Chuvatel Ejiofor. I can't pronounce his name. I'm I, I'm not even gonna try just because I'm gonna butcher it. Uh, yeah. Chuvatel Eberfort or something. He's 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 pretty pretty big now, I think. But um, oh yeah, yeah, he's time, in the Marvel movies now. At the time, Ugh. fairly uh, small fry. Um, but that yeah, was yeah that that, that was great. him. Like, I think he, like, you know, like, he's now known for, like, 12 Years a Slave and stuff. And, yeah, he really has oh, kind yeah, of shot up. From, yeah. Um, but, no, I, I also, like, his his arc is as important as the good guys. Yeah. And that's that's something that very rarely happens. And, and the fact at the end of the movie they don't do the cliche, they have to kill the bad guy. Mm. They kill him in a, in, a, in a different sort of sense. You know, like, they... He, he learns and he grows. And I don't know, it's just super cathartic yeah, and to because, see that pulled off in a film, you know? Yeah, and I believed that, uh, like, once he then bears witness to the horrible things that the Alliance has done, um, I believed that he's the type of character who would make that turn and that at the end he's like, no, 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 I'll let you go, you're the good guys, is because he's established consistently uh, throughout the film as the type of guy who thinks very deeply and very seriously about these things and about um, the, the, moral, the, the, the morals of everything. So, therefore, I believe that he would change his mind and totally. would, like, let them go. I've seen lesser movies where... Spielberg, a Spielberg movie comes straight to mind where a character, a, a bad guy has a turn at the end and it's seen more as like sentimental and tripe than like logical. Like, did you see the Ready Player One movie? No, no, I didn't. No. So the bad guy is Ben Mendelsohn and he's just like an evil fucking corporate dude who just wants the fucking to control the game. And like, that's it. He's like pretty callous and fucked the whole mm. movie has no redeeming qualities and then at the end of the movie, he's like chasing the kid down with a fucking gun and he's going to blow the kid away. And then just at the last minute, just doesn't and just like lowers his gun and gets arrested. And it's just like, he's like, actually, I'm not that going to be that evil. Yeah. Just, but like, but there's, but there's, there was no hint of that or anything in the film that leads the audience to believe that that's a decision he would make. Mm. And it's kind of just comes across as. I don't want to say do sex machina, but like it becomes a like you can tell that the writing needs him to do that. Like they yeah. wrote themselves into a corner and they like, oh, I guess that he grows a conscience and decides not to. But it's like, n- no, you like with with uh, the operative or whatever his fucking name is in Serenity. I don't think he has a name. Um, you 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 like see his progression and you see that like the the lengths he will go for what he believes in, but when what he believes in changes then he is gonna he is gonna change his mind and he is gonna like not kill them and you understand why he believes it and and and, yeah and 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 what he's after like he believes all the alliance propaganda that they're trying to make a better world so he's 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 fighting for that better world and i think because he sees himself as the, the good guy in a sense like he's doing these noble things but he's aware that they that they are awful on the surface, but a sacrifice. 
not only like does him doing horrible things throughout the movie make him scary, but his perspective on doing them makes him like genuinely like quite a horrifying character. Like I think he's like totally. a scary character. The part that I loved when he um he kills this this dude, this guy who like fails at the beginning of the film and allows um uh the the girl to escape. Um he then he then says to to the guy he's like you know in like other civilizations like to to fail like this gravely they would they would fall on their sword in shame and the guy's yeah. like well i don't have a sword and then he pulls a sword out and then he and then he like paralyzes the guy by by hitting some nerve and then drops his sword on the floor and then lets the guy fall on the sword and then as he's dying he comforts him, like looks him in the eyes and he's like, this is a noble death and you're, you know, this is a good way to go out. Like, it's so creepy, like him trying to comfort him as he's dying. And it's like, you killed him, you fucking psycho. <laughs> good um, stuff. I think, I think another reason that the, the, the antagonist or the nemesis works and another reason this character works is because it's very clear that Mal, the protagonist, is, like, the yin to his yang in that sense. Like, they're very similar, but, like, mm. one's all about, like, passion and, like, heart, mm. but, ha- like, and is and will do th- dastardly things or, like, pretty cynical things for, th- for, the, for, the, for the other side of the, the argument, if you know what I mean. Like, Mal yeah. is incredibly flawed and will do some pretty fucked things, and he does in this movie, but... It's not, but and it's and 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 it, yeah, it's it runs parallel to the bad guy, and that's and that, I think that adds to the drama to the to the final confrontation between the two. It's very well put together. Yeah, when yeah, Joss yeah. Whedon cares, he cares. Like, yeah, no, definitely. And um, I, I I also like um, the the Reavers who um, are alluded to in the series but never seen, and then yeah. we see them in this film we never really actually get like a super good look at them until the end but you get an idea yeah. of what they are um but i still really like them like that's uh a, like a really good villain the reavers um I, I find them scary um you really get a, a sense of the threat that they pose when um they're robbing this bank in the town and then the reavers they're show terrifying up. and yeah and everyone is like oh shit like like everyone in the town suddenly it feels like the robbery isn't even happening anymore and suddenly these people were scared of the robbers and now they don't even give a shit it's just like oh shit the reavers are here. Like, like one of the is- one of the people in the people getting robbed is trying to jump on the fucking ship of the people that was pointing a gun at their head not too long ago to survive yeah. like that that's the level of fucked up they are yeah yeah um i think so yeah i think that's um that's really well done and um also because of how how horrible they are i mean like they have like they like they're like cannibals and they have like fucking like like meaty skeletons hanging off their ship like they're 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 pretty fucked characters um and so that's where whedon's uh like playful uh, like humor really actually assists the story. I think in that it allows you to like, um, take a breather from like 
actually on the surface how how horrible this world is and how how sure. how scary everything is um yep. by injecting that humor but it doesn't take away from the intensity that that is there because the humor is used um how how a lot of humor is used in real life which is to alleviate anxiety so actually sure. when when things are at their scariest in the film that's when you see a lot of the characters making nervous jokes to each other and it feels totally. believable it's it's i think this is a far better example of the organic use of like quipping to i'm, I'm doing quotation marks here than mm. the avengers yeah, like there's the, the, the there's that it, it all makes sense, like you said, for the characters in the situations to be doing it, mm. and it doesn't break the rhythm, like the bit where the operative is like, "I'm unarmed," and then like the joke is Mal's like, "Okay," just pulls out his gun and fucking shoots him in the chest, like that's a joke, <laughs> but it yeah, just it fits, it fits yeah. within the what the scene, and it you know you laugh, but you're also like, oh, but like you don't have enough time to really laugh that hard because. You know, yeah. there's this fucking psycho dude and, you know, they've got to outrun him and stuff. And yeah, it all, it all, it all falls together like perfectly. Yeah. Like I said before, Whedon's really good at um, finding the funny moments in the story. So therefore it's like he does it without breaking character or sacrificing tension. He doesn't. Unlike he it. does in, uh, in Toy Story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's right. I forgot I was pretty harsh on Toy Story. Um, yeah, well, in this, this is a good example. And I'm going to argue that it's, it's pretty much the case for Avengers 2. I never felt like um, the tension of the story or the characters were, were sacrificed. And, you know, I actually forgot how much I liked, just quickly go back there for a sec. I actually forgot how much I, I liked Iron Man as a character in the, those early films, in that Tony Stark's humor is funny but it reveals a vulnerability in him more than anything and that he starts making jokes far more often when he's when he's under when he's under pressure and yeah and i think that paints him as more of um an anxious character and he's anxious about his his flaws um definitely and i also liked that there were like I'm sorry. I know everyone likes Thor Ragnarok, but I, but I liked Thor when he all his jokes are just like fish out of water jokes, and uh, that he's he's like a very serious character. Um, you know what I mean? Like he makes jokes. No, I, I like Thor Ragnarok. It's not just uh, meta shit. Thor just turns into Chris Hemsworth. It's just Chris Hemsworth. He's he pretty just, charming. Yeah. All right. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, is there anything else you want to say about either of these films before we read the reviews? No, I thought we or could. Or Joss Whedon the... in general. Um, I'll say something at the end about Joss Whedon. I have some thoughts, but uh, sure. Let's go into the reviews because usually uh, it brings up points. And uh, also, I need, need to quickly say that th- th- reading these, I had to actually read a few of these avenger reviews because the first nine highest voted ones were like crime and punishment length so i had to like go down to find one that wasn't so utterly verbose in 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 the way it talks about it being good or bad 
So I think I'm becoming a DC fanboy because Marvel fans are uh, shut the fuck up. You know, they get pretty. It's 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 weird how uh, aggressively they defend this. It's thing. it's on both sides, to be honest. But like the DC, I don't people? know. It was just oh, the DC people are worse. Like they're, they're fucking so they're, bad. They're worse, but at least they're they're funny. It's like. It's like oh yeah, they, you can they, laugh at them because because they're wrong. These movies are, are quite obviously bad. I mean, with the MCU stuff, it's like it's they're the most popular shit ever ever in history, and everyone likes them. I mean, it's there's no harm with one pretentious asshole like me coming along and saying, actually, I think they're boring. You're wrong, wrong. Yeah. You don't understand. You see, I'm very attached. Okay, we got Emily K. McCall wrote a comic book triumph, uh, 10 stars. This is after it just came out. I was lucky enough to be included in the group to see the advanced screening in Melbourne on the 5th of... And firstly, I need to say a big thank you to Disney and Marvel Studios. Ah, you shill. Now, the film. How can I even begin Yeah, it begin sounds to... like she's from Melbourne. <laughs> now, the film. How can I even begin to explain how I feel about this film? She does sound like she's from Melbourne. It is. That's actually a, that's actually a joke where I work right. when like customer, no offense to people from Melbourne. Uh, I don't mind Melbourne, but it's like a, it's a joke between me and my coworkers when someone's a bit, bit of a, bit of a knob. It's like, are you from Melbourne? Like we actually ask them that. Yeah. yeah. How anyway. can I even begin to explain how I feel about this film? Well, figure it out and then write it. You don't have to put that in there. It's like a Simpsons yeah. gag when like Marge is like writing her thoughts in the letter to the never mind. Okay, I went to the film with very, very high expectations and I was not disappointed. Seeing Joss Whedon's direction and envisioning of the film come to life on the big screen is perfect. The script is amazingly detailed and laced with sharp wit or humor. The special effects are literally mind blowing. And the action scenes are both hard-hitting. Literally mind-blowing. Literally. She's literally dead. Her mind has <laughs> been blown to pieces. I, it's amazing that she's writing this. Um, while all of these things, script, action, special effects, so on and so forth, are important, it's no good having them spot on if you don't have a cast that just isn't right. What? But, oh, okay. But fortunately, for fans and for the actors involved, Whedon's cast not only worked... Br it's not Whedon's cast, though, is it? They were cast before no. he was involved. Yeah. Um, brilliantly together, but are perfectly comfortable wailing on each other and threatening each other all day and night. Those are the characters you're talking about. The actors' performances in Marvel's The Avengers are simply captivating and there are many instances where we get a glimpse further into their characters' pasts and innermost feelings. Robert Downey Jr. will have you in stitches. Scarlett Johansson will have you staring in disbelief as she winds her way through sticky situations. And Tom Hiddleston will have you simply shaking in your seat. Was that a fear. was that a web was that a spider joke? Is that what that was? Like sticky situations, like web. But or was that she's... just an accident? Oh, winds her way maybe because Black Widow. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. 
Tom Hiddleston will have you simply shaking in your seat with fear. I was so scared of Tom Hiddleston. <laughs> I was covered in piss when, uh, when Loki showed up. All in all, Marvel's The Avengers is a visual delight, and I cannot wait to see it again and again and again. Marvel fans will not be disappointed, and something tells me that most of you will agree with me wholeheartedly. The Avengers assembled and awe-inspiring. 10 out of 10. Smooth brain. Let's move on. Okay. This is what I was looking forward to. One Star by Pro Wows. 8.8 is most likely cheated. There is no way this is legit 8.8. So I'm assuming that the IMDb, IMDb score, yeah. Rating, yeah. The movie is comparable to Transformers 3, rated a 6. Uh, look, I loved, look, I loved the following recent action hero movies. Spider-Man 1 to 3, Dark Knight, Super 8, Iron... Oh my God, remember Super 8? Fuck. I haven't seen Super 8. Iron Man 1 to 2, Transformers 1 to 2. I really don't dislike that many movies. I'm not being cynical, clearly. This movie really No, is you are. This movie really is just a cluster. There's no emotion to the whole thing. It's dull and flat. It also feels very PG. It's rated PG. It's the definition of cliche when it comes to superhero movies. There's no bar being raised. There is nothing new being done. The entire script is just a bunch of predictable nonsense jargon with no meaning. There's no event in the movie where I go, wow, that is original. Or go, wow, this movie gives me emotion and it really immerses me in the experience. <laughs> Imagine if you're sitting in the cinema and you say that out loud to yourself. <laughs> Wow, this movie gives me emotion, and it really immerses me in the experience. That's uh, an alien trying to fit in with humanity. Look, trying to look inconspicuous. My only thoughts is that Walt Disney Pictures did black hat tactics to hype this movie through social networks. I cannot and will not believe people think this movie is worth an 8.8. .8. I really did want to walk out of the theater. This movie is forgettable, and I was very disappointed and let down. This movie really just feels like another average superhero movie, but the expectation of it being good just makes it worse. Uh, so I guess he's, his expectations were just through the roof. And If this guy liked the Iron Man 1 and 2, why do you think he hates the Avengers? Because I don't understand that. Um, Kind of, he sounds a bit like you. And if something is excessively popular, it's automatically crap. That is not my... I like... I love the Avengers. Yeah, but you, you've become cynical in your old age, Dane. Fair enough. Fair enough. That's probably true. Although I think there was yeah. something recent that I liked. I can't remember it, though. Um, yeah, this guy definitely, I think he's, um, his expectations were through the roof. The only modern thing that's popular that I've seen you like is you like the song Blinding Light by The Weeknd. I put that song on and you liked it. That's oh, the yeah. only thing that I know that you, that's like super popular that you're like, this is cool. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like that song. There was some movies. What's some big movies recently that everyone loves? I just, I, I don't think know. I you're don't... telling the story, bro. I think now I just don't even see them. I don't watch the 
if if anything's like super popular i avoid it because i expect that it's going to be bad like the queen's game the, the woman who plays chess the queen's gambit that. yeah imagine if i watched that <laughs> see i didn't watch that. that whole thing <laughs> everyone's going I crazy that. for that shit I, know, I already know. Apparently I already play chess. I don't need to fucking watch a chess fetish thing where it'll probably get things wrong and piss me off. <laughs> you big chess head? I like chess. What's wrong with chess? I like chess. I'm just not like... Don't make me fucking fuck you up with my chopped liver attack. I'm not a mega I'll do fan. It. Uh, my wife loves chess. Like, Bitch, I bet you any money chess. I could fucking make you fall for student checkmate. Four for what? It's the it's the three move checkmate. Yeah, I don't know any of the moves or anything. I was surprised to hear that there are like moves and plays and stuff. It's I was like, it's oh, one okay. of the oldest games in history. Of course, there are strategies. Yeah, I was just thought you how know, you everyone... open with your opening pawn de- determines how the rest of your game will go. Also, yeah. can we get on back on topic? Fucking oh, hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Fine. So I was trying yeah, to Yeah, he's you. He's essentially you now, not you in 2012. This, I oh, know, I write far better than this guy. This guy's grammar is all over the fucking show. Oh, sure. I, I don't mean you in, in, in the sense of like everything, but um, yeah. Cynical. <clears throat> Just being a cynical bitch. What the right. fuck was that noise? Holy shit. I was stretching. Oh, I thought you like ch- were choking or something. I was flexing into the mic to intimidate you. It worked. All right. Uh, anyway, so, let's move on to Serenity. This is uh, Manos DVD. Cool name. Uh, extraordinary. 10 out of 10. Um, the others do a good job gushing about the movie. Sure, we're fans and bound to like the movie more than the usual fare, but those looking for an original and thrilling movie experience, this will shock and amaze. The Firefly world introduced a fantasy home for many of us, with characters we truly cared about and dilemmas we could get behind. The best way to describe it is to take the best aspects of the Han Solo elements of the original oh, Star Wars. Oh, fuck off. And build Why? a world around Why do you that. need to bring up Han Solo? He's clearly inspired by Han Solo. Um, Han Solo, like... Uh, maybe for the first, like, ten minutes he appears in New Hope. Yeah, like, the basic character of Han Solo, how he's introduced, I think he's taken inspiration from that, but he makes him his own. He feels yeah. like a very distinct character. He's Han um, Solo if he doesn't get nerfed. Right. I think I know what nerfed means. Yeah, let's, let's move on. Fuck. All right. <laughs> it's just a <laughs> band on. of fugitives trying to make their way in a dangerous sky. It's something folks can relate to. Although most of us won't be in a space battle or fighting psychotic creatures anytime soon. The point of the name Serenity is the name of the ship, though in a deeper sense, that's what our characters are in search of. Finding freedom and a home, and that's what the ship represents to them and to the fans. So you understand why so many are so excited about this dinky little sci-fi flick. The movie captures that beautiful feeling, but takes us on a ride that there's no turning back from. In my opinion, the one thing that makes us makes for a truly great movie is if you walk out of the theater a different person than when you walked in (laughs) 
This movie takes you on such a journey, I didn't know if I would leave the theatre at all. He's just, he's just sitting there in the dark theater and another movie starts. He's paralyzed. <laughs> um, sure, the visual effects are stunning. No, they're not. But even the unfinished effects I saw meant nothing to... Well, then how are they stunning but unfinished? I saw meant nothing to me because it was the characters I cared about. And note that the digitally created ship itself is one of them. And I cared just as much for that than any of them. The humor is probably better than anything in the theaters this year, and the action is even greater. My screening actually came a week after episode three was released, and I immediately washed my hands of Mr. Lucas. And months later, when I saw Fantastic Four, well, let's not even talk about that one. Uh, that's another thing I also want to point out. Um, there's a bunch of, like, the CGI in this film is bad, even for 2005, but it's a very cheap movie, but it's so um, well-written and paced that it, it doesn't matter. You just follow it. See, along. it's something that I'd bring up in Avengers, but I did just didn't feel the need to bring up for talking about Serenity, just because there's so many other interesting things that, that stay in your mind other than the really bad-looking ship. Yeah. Uh, but it's 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 fine it's 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 done yeah everything else is done so well that it it doesn't bother you uh it's like the the shark in jaws you know this movie really does have something for everyone and even in the core of the geek fandom the range of people is total men and women split it at least 50 50 uber geeks and cool types and a surprising amount of attractive people of all ages what Seriously, though, don't trust the rants of the fans. Check out the movie for yourself. Give it an honest chance, and I promise you will be taken on a journey that will turn you into a fan as well. See, I hate fandoms. Yeah. I fucking hate fandoms because <laughs> I, I know everything. exactly what he's talking about or they're talking about because, like, how can you not like this as a fan of Firefly? But some cunts always fucking will... And will just ruin it for everyone else and make you feel like an idiot because they're not getting what they thought was going to happen. And that just yeah. ruins it. You know, like, just don't, just let them take you on a, let, let the fucking storytellers tell the story and not the fandom. I fucking hate that. Yeah, that, that, they'll always have a problem. I feel particularly bad for people who get super into shit. It's like... Come on, we spent that... three and a half hours talking about it when we did our fucking Star Wars episode. So I think <laughs> it's oh, fun God. to talk about, but there are some people who their lives depend on liking it. And if it's not good or it's not what they wanted, then like you got to make sure that the, they can't get a gun. But then, but then there's the other extreme of it where things are fucking absolute hot fucking garbage and they'll just defend it till the end of time. Well, that's what I mean because it's like it they has do to both. Be good. They do they both. Defend on it. Yeah, there's versions of them, of uh, them both, and even sometimes they're the same people. Fine. I mean, like the the DC fandom is like my favorite example because those movies are so obviously bad, but but he's trying to achieve something in them that they really want to see. And that's what they need in their lives. They've convinced themselves that that's what they need in their life. So and this is all they've got. So therefore, this is going to be good, because if mm. it's not, well, then what else? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? 
Sad sex. No sex. No sex. Okay. Or sad so, sex. Dude, I think even if they were having sad sex, they wouldn't give that much of a fuck. They wouldn't be on the DC forums arguing, like talking to each other, being like, I actually think these movies are good. Yeah, dude, they're great. <laughs> fuck. All right. So this okay, is. Bad review. One star by Matthew Morris. This is the best sci fi of all time. Come on, you have got to be kidding. After read after reading on the BBC that and this is two years after it came out, by the way. After reading on the BBC that this was voted the best sci-fi movie of all time, I thought, fair enough, I'll check it out. I am extremely disappointed. Lousy, incomprehensible storyline, lousy cheesy script, lousy acting, lousy effects, the lousy list just goes on and on. Can you get a thesaurus cunt? <laughs> Well, it's like, the lousy list, so... Uh, <laughs> Most of the scenes God. from the movies have been stolen from other films. Star Wars, Resident Evil, Blade Runner, Aliens, etc. But unfortunately, that's just simply not enough to make a good movie. I can't believe people rated this garbage over 2001, Alien, Blade Runner, and Star Wars according to the BBC article. I also can't believe this has such a high rating on this site. IMDb used to be fairly reliable as a review source for movies. I can only guess that every 12-year-old with a computer has now taken residence on this site and has destroyed any credibility it once had. Why is it that some people need their perspective to be the majorities? Why do people need that? Um, read why, why does he give a fuck? Why? Do, yeah, I know. Fuck, I know. But it's just so annoying. Like... Yeah, like you cannot like something that's popular. It's like, but you don't need to get mad at the fact that other people like it. The opinion in my head has to be universal truth, and 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 that means everyone has to think the same as me. Because if that's not the case, there's a chance that maybe I'm crazy or that this isn't reality. So everyone think this, everyone say this, and if anyone steps out of line, I'll fucking tell you what's what the best sci-fi movie according to this guy is Is 2001 resident evil did he say resident evil no he said um it's got scenes stolen from other movies like resident evil i'm guessing that's um bro bro what okay because i cannot see we we watched some resident evil movies and i cannot see any comparisons between the two at all I think just um I think just attractive woman does kung fu. That's pretty right. much it. Okay. Great. Look, see if I saw that this was voted the greatest sci-fi of all time by the BBC, I'd probably just snicker and be like, cool, yeah, good film, but yeah, like cuz it would be okay. like Yeah, cuz it, it was definitely one of those things where um that means the Whedon fandom found out that there was a poll being taken by the BBC, so they like hounded it. Do you know? Do you know in the? One. Do you know in the eighties, um, wrestling fans found out that you could submit someone and vote for the sexiest man alive, and they, the entire wrestling community voted for Ric Flair, and Ric Flair one year was like Time Magazine's sexiest man alive. <laughs> 
because the fandom just got behind it. That's my hometown, awesome. my hometown is now on the Australian Monopoly board as the second best place because the whole fucking town voted to get orange on the fucking Monopoly board. <laughs> you can rig the game. That's awesome. Yeah, that that's definitely what this would have been. Like the cuz that was um there's there's plenty of them now. Um but the the Whedon fandom was um one of the one of the early internet like gangs i totally. re- like i remember um so yeah 2007 that's d- definitely what would have happened and mm. so this person people fucking like, froth the weed inverse back in the day yeah but not anymore cunts no. now he's a rapist <laughs> he's not a rapist oh fuck but yeah a b- bad guy Hypocrite. Actually, not not a bad guy. I just want to call him a hypocrite. He's a hypocrite. Yeah. He's. Anywho, uh, is that the well, end of that review? Yeah, yeah. That's that's it. Oh, that's thank God. What are your What are your closing thoughts and fart ratings for Avengers and um, Serenity? Um, I, I'm, 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 I've been fairly critical of Whedon in the past. And what I'm really more critical of is, uh, the monster he's created. Um, but I think that, um, the dude has a lot of skill and he's, he's a very competent and entertaining storyteller. Um, so, uh, Avengers for me, uh, gets a, gets a nine out of 10. I think it, it doesn't, it doesn't do anything wrong and it's it's really entertaining from start to finish i only started to get a little bit bored towards the end with the big action scenes but yeah but that's because you have the you have a very short attention span it's two and a half hours so i mean that's really saying something two and a half yeah. hours and i don't like superhero shit and uh but i was like, oh you're gonna whole... be in for a treat with what i recommend <laughs> the whole way through the whole way through i loved the the banter and uh, I really yeah. liked the the characters, the dialogue, pacing is, is is so on point. I think he's a fucking. If you want to study like story pacing, Whedon is probably one of the best in my opinion. Uh, so nine out of ten for Avengers, Serenity. I'm gonna give the same. Uh, this one has a lot more care gone into it. It's an original creation by him. I don't think the film is as competent, but it's made under very very sad circumstance stances so check it out and check out firefly too but it's still it's actually pretty incredible with like like how how well it's all come together given the backstory behind it i'm a big fan of serenity and firefly um yeah cool um so for me uh nine out of ten farts for serenity there's a lot of love and care for the characters and the story and you can tell that it's a labor of love and it was made by um you know the the only reason it was made is because of how much people cared about it and it shows that he does too um the only the reason i can't give it a perfect story is because at times it does feel a little rushed but that's to be expected when you're cramming five seasons into into one movie um avengers seven out of ten farts i don't know the visuals make me sick these days uh special effects are dated and it's a bit long um other than that everything else i really fucking love about the film but i can't give it any more than seven um yeah uh 
It's my turn to recommend now, isn't it? Uh, yes. So, this episode is going to be released in Australian time on the 18th of March. And that is the exact same day that Zack Snyder's Justice League is released. So, uh, Dane, are you ready to watch six hours of Justice League? Uh, I am, and actually I'm super keen. Because Because what we're going to do is we're going to watch the the theatrical cut of Justice League and the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League. Get, get, Get ready for it, baby. Six hours of... Batfleck and Henry Cavill's CGI Mo. I'm uh, I'm I'm actually really excited for this. These, uh, Have you seen the pre-release reviews? It's got 75% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's yeah. Okay, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, anyway, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next week when we uh when we when we talk about another Joss Whedon film. Technically, see you yeah. later. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Thank you.